Welcome to PIWC Worcester's podcast. Thank you for joining us. We pray that in your time spent with us, you will be blessed and edified even as we grow in faith. Please enjoy and may the Spirit illuminate your hearts. We have a young man here that's going to give us a word. I said that we are co-abreast in, <laughs> in the gospel that Christ has given us, a strong man, the man of the word. Uh, he's no other person than my, my own MD, my brother, elder, someone up here. Amen. Praise the Lord and hallelujah. Sisters, thank you for that testimony. We serve a living God who never forsakes the righteous. So we bless God for what he's doing even in the house of the Lord. We thank God for another evening in this house, in his presence, another opportunity to receive what he has in store for us. I'd also like to thank um, our head pastor, Pastor Carl, for the opportunity to be able to share the word of God with you all tonight, alongside with all the leadership of the church. Let us pray. Father, in the name of Jesus, we give you praise and honor and glory for tonight. I ask that, Lord, as your word is coming forth, speak through me. Give us a receptive heart that we may receive. In the mighty name of Jesus, amen. Christ, the crucified conqueror. Christ. So this is the theme that we've been um, hounding on for the past couple of days. Christ the Crucified Conqueror. And um, tonight I've been charged to share on the topic, Codes Cancelled, Living Victoriously. Codes, C-O-D-E-S, Cancelled, Living Victoriously. And tonight I've been um, charged to focus on the cancellation of that written code um, specifically. So I may not dive too much on the Living Victorious part because um, on Friday, Apostle has done an extensive and masterful job on describing and talking about living victoriously. Um, so with that being said, um, the, the goal of my message tonight is to talk about what exactly is that written code, um, how it affected us, and most importantly, what Christ came to do as a result. Um, how was he able to cancel that written code? Um, so without further ado, we'll start diving into our first scripture reading. Um, which will be taken from Colossians chapter 2, verses 11 to 14. Colossians 2, 11 to 14. And I'll be reading from the NIV version, specifically the 1984 version, specifically because um, this is where the subtopic of the team was inspired from. So the reason why I'm saying that is because what we have up there is the 2011. So in case when you're reading, it may not match. Just know that the spirit behind the message is still the same. Amen. <laughs> so, Colossians 2, verses 11 to 14, reading from the NIV. It says, In him you were circumcised, you were also circumcised, in putting off the sinful nature, not with the circumcision done by the hands of men, but the circumcision done by Christ, having been buried with him in baptism, and raised with him through your faith in the power of God. Who raised him from the dead? When you were dead in your sins, in the uncircumcision of your sinful nature, God made you alive with Christ. He forgave us of all our sins, having canceled the written code 
with its regulations that was against us and that stood to oppose us. He took it away, nailing it to the cross. Having disarmed the powers and the authorities, he made a public spectacle of them, triumphing over them by the cross. Amen. God's redemptive plan, manifesting the person of Christ Jesus. Therefore, making those who are followers of Christ very victorious. So, the subtopic of my team tonight is Code Cancelled, Living Victorious. Now, at the time of this letter was written, um, we get the clue in Colossians chapter 2, verses 8, and again in verse 16, that um, there were false teachings that were being spread in the church of Colossae. And the basis behind this false teaching was that Christ was not enough. And in this regard, that they needed to spend or do some extra things in order to support what Christ had already done. Um, they needed to engage in so many different things, um, some being some other philosophical concepts or um, going through Jewish traditions such as the circumcision or obeying Sabbaths. Regardless, the point that they were trying to make is what Christ had done was not enough. So um, they were trying to enforce this so-called written code, which I have yet to explain, but I'll get to, um, and to support what Christ had already done on the cross. Now, the goal of this letter, the goal that the reason why um, Paul wrote this letter was to then prove that Christ is indeed enough, that we should, in fact, place our confidence in him. Um, as Hebrews would say, it says, look unto Jesus, the author, the finisher of our faith, nullifying what Christ, or nullifying, rather, the written code um, nullifying the written codes that were difficult to follow, uh, nullifying the codes that made us aware of the sins that were upon us. Now, with all that being said, when you read the verse 17, Paul makes it clear that the Jewish traditions, the ceremonies, all the animal sacrifices, all the animal sacrifices were all a shadow of things that were to come, but the reality was in fact found in Christ, canceling that written code. And if you have not guessed it by now, the, the written code that we're referring to is the law, the law that God gave to Moses. The law in which, if we were to break any of them, the wrath of God was upon us. We would owe something. In many cases, it would cost us our life. But thanks be to God for Christ Jesus, who came and died and rose again, canceling the records of the charges that were against us, putting us in good standings with God allowing us to live victorious in him. So he then continues to talk about who Christ is, verse 9. Christ is the fullness of God in bodily form. In other words, Christ is the Godhead in the flesh, the Father, the Son, the Holy Spirit. Verse 10. In Christ you have been brought to the fullness. In other words, when we give our life to Christ through faith, we are brought into Christ, resembling Christ, made complete through him. He is the head over power and authority. Again, making known of his supremacy, his power, and his authority over everything that is on the earth. So now in verse 11 is where he begins to break down what happens when you give your life to Christ. So now, he says, In him you were also circumcised, with the circumcision not performed by hands. Your whole self ruled by the flesh, in other words, your sinful nature, was put off when you were circumcised by Christ. So now let's talk about the circumcision a bit. Circumcision was a sign from God um, promising or is a promise to God um, 
in, in regards to the, or let me say it like this. It, it was a covenant or a promise of Abraham that God had promised him long ago. And this promise was to be his God and to be the God of all his descendants and all his generations. Um, it was a sign that is the cutting away of sin or being separated unto God, representing God's chosen people. And even though they performed the circumcision, um, which was the sign to live for God, it did not exactly address the sin problem or man's innate sin nature. But rather, it was an establishment in which um, the permanent remediation of the written code, in this case, Christ Jesus, was to pass through. So the circumcision was just a um, temporal remedy as to what the real thing, in this case, Christ Jesus, was to come and do. So because we are in Christ, the circumcision is not the one that is done of hands, which could not remove the innate sin, but the circumcision we have attained in Christ is a spiritual one, one that circumcises the heart, one that removes the sin nature, one that replaces um, our sin nature and replaces it with Christ. So now he describes this further in verse 12. He says he removes the sin nature, buried with him in baptism, in which we were raised with him through in buried with him through faith in the working of God who raised the dead. So now we see here that because Christ died, he died for our sins. And when he rose up, he rose up without the sin of the world, but rising up in glory. In that same vein, that baptism in Christ symbolizing dying in your sins. So when we are baptized in Christ, we are dying to our sins. We are saying no more that we are living the same. We rise up. We rise up as a new creation, rising up to our new identity, which is in Christ Jesus. It symbolizes our union in Christ, identifying that we are now dead to the power of sin. Praise God. So now, verse 13 of Colossians chapter 2. And you being dead in your trespasses and the uncircumcision of your flesh, he has made you alive together with him, having forgiven you of all your trespasses. So now the question is, what is the cause of all this? What brought us here in the first place? What exactly are those trespasses? Because we ultimately were trying to understand what the written code is all about. Why did it come about? How is the written code working against us? Romans chapter 5, verses 12 to 13. Let's put it up there. Um, King James. It says, Therefore, through one man, sin entered the world, and death through sin. And thus, death spread to all men, because all sin. So we see here that because of this, the disobedience of Adam, sin entered the world, spreading to all of men. And the consequences of that sin was death. So when sin entered the scene, man became separated from God. Now when you jump to the verse 13, it says, For until now, the law, sin was in the world. So until the law, sin was in the world. But sin is not imputed where there is no law. So what it's saying here is, um, until the law came, until the law um, came into the world, until the written code came about, no one could be charged of sin, which is a very interesting point. Because there was no law. Because there was no standard at the time. This is before the time of Moses. So when, from Adam all the way before Moses, there was, no, there, there was no place or there was no standard put in place that you can charge someone or even call someone a sinner, if I may. 
So the law or the written code came into being so that God could satisfy his wrath. It was also a way to remedy our sins temporarily. So now let's look at 1 John verses 3 to 4. It says, Whosoever commits sin transgresses also the law. For the sin of the transgression of the law. For the sin is the transgression of the law. So I'll take that again. Who com- whosoever commits sin transgresses also the law. For the sin is the transgression of the law. So we can see that the trespasses um, exist because men could not obey the law. In a sense, the law or the written code was against us, and it prevented us to connect with God. And why was it against us? Because simply we couldn't obey it. Even Peter in Acts 15 verse 10, there was a dispute over whether or not the Gentiles um, should be circumcised for their salvation. And in verse 10, this is what it says. It says, why do you test God by putting a yoke on the neck of the disciples, which neither our fathers nor we were able to bear? Emphasizing that the law or the written code was a yoke. They couldn't carry it. They couldn't bear it. Because the written code made us sinners, it prevented them from accessing God. It prevented God from receiving us. It prevented God from accepting us because we were sinners. So in James chapter 2, verses 10 to 11, it says, For whoever shall keep the whole law and yet stumble just one, stumble on just one, he's guilty of all. Verse 11, For he who said, Do not commit adultery, also says, Do not murder. Now, if you do not commit adultery, but you do murder, you have become a transgressor of the law. So, this goes to show that you could have kept every commandment of the law, but just a simple lie made you a transgressor. So the law or the written code was really working against us. It was very difficult to obey this written code. So what did the written code exactly look like? Um, now let's have a look at something here. It says, um, the, with the quick research that I did, there are about 16, 613 commandments under the law or the written code. This included the Ten Commandments. Um, and it was bro- broken up into three categories. We have the ceremonial laws, the laws that focuses your attention to God, right? Such as the sacrifice for your sins or the ceremonies that were set aside to remember what God has done for them. Judicial laws, call it the Jewish court, pertaining to how to deal with civil issues pertaining to the Jews. Then you have the moral laws, uh, you could say that that is the standard of righteousness or God's character and standard. So just imagine 613 commandments. Would you remember to do even a fraction of it? Absolutely. You would falter at some point. 613. I can yet alone remember half of the things that I have in my head right now. (laughs) So it'll be very difficult for you to keep them. Because in order to be in the right standing with God, you could not have broken a single one of these, right? So there was a need for someone to take away that law. And that someone was Christ Jesus, who came down and died and rose again. And this happened, and it happened to take away this written code, nailed it at the cross, relieving us from this wrath of God, relieving us of this yoke that we could not bear. So when he died on the cross, 
He did not die because of his sins, but he died for our sins, which was imputed to us due to the written code. So when you read 2 Corinthians 5.21, it says, He who knew no sin became sin for us, that we might become the righteousness of God in him. As a matter of fact, he was the only one on earth that was able to fulfill every requirement of the law, therefore having no sin in him. So now back to the reason why Paul wrote this letter. Yes, Christ is enough. If you are in Christ, that written code has been removed and nailed to the cross. Our death of the written code has been canceled once and for all. Sin no longer imputed in our lives, having us have our victory in Christ Jesus. So uh, I'm extending this um, invitation to you all. I'm done with my message. But, um, yes, I know, <laughs> it's a bit short, but um, uh, the, the point, I believe, has been made clear. Um, <laughs> God bless you all. I believe the point has been made clear. But in order for you to be a recipient of all these blessings, in order to be the recipient of this code being canceled, you have ought to have given your life to Christ. You have ought to have um, known this Jesus for yourself. So I'm extending this invitation to you now, those who are watching online, those who are here, who have not given your life to Christ. The time is now. Anyone ready to receive him? Anyone ready to renew their, t- or their vows with him? Those who are watching online, I don't know where you are, but if you're watching right now, just say this after me. It says, Lord Jesus, I thank you. I thank you that you came and died for a sinner like me, that I may have... Thank you once again for joining us. We pray that you were blessed. Click on the other episodes to continue on this journey with us. Don't forget to share and follow this podcast. God bless you.